And we're recording. Hey, everybody. This is High Spirits. This is episode four. Episode four? Yeah, we made it. We lived. We're not ghosts. All right. Four is one of my favorite numbers. That's stupid. Yep. I don't know why. (laughs) There's so many numbers. Out of all the numbers in the world, I pick four. Okay. (laughs) What's your least favorite number? I think it's because my least favorite number, uh, three. Okay. I don't know really keeping it under ten, then. Are there any others? Oh, my God. Uh... Can I tell you Wait what? a second. I, we have to say who we are. <laughs> who are you? I'm Jay Steigman. I'm Noelle Schmidt. And this is uh, High Spirits, and it's a show about ghosts, uh, and uh, we drink on it, and we talk about uh, ghosts. ghosts. So that's why it's called High Spirits, yes. and it's on SoundCloud, and I want to get right to what Noelle has to say, because she's fucking stemming. What do you, what do you want to say? I just want to tell you why I think okay. four is my favorite number. Oh. Because it's always been my favorite number since I was a kid. And number four is was Paul Molitor, former Milwaukee Brewers. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, number. And so, and I loved Paul Molitor growing up <laughs> until he left the Brewers for the Toronto Blue Jays and broke my heart. Okay, do you know what um, I mean about this? It's like, <laughs> this is you and me doing a podcast, hanging out, being real, and... We're talking about our favorite thing, which is ghosts, and then you alienate me right away with sports. Every once in a while, I like to throw sports things at, at Jay wait, wait, to confuse her. <laughs> Hold on. I just had to actually look it up and confirm that four was Paul, Paul, Paul Molitor's uh, jersey number. And was it, it? It is indeed true. So I think is that... Is he alive? Is he a ghost? He is. He is a coach now for somebody. Oh. For the Listen, Minnesota I don't want to hear about... And I don't... Sports I don't, stuff. No. I don't know you, Paul Molitor, but I don't want to hear about you again until you're a wait, ghost. he was a handsome man. He was a he was a handsome man. Oh my god! Yeah, I thought you were just like no no no. He was a very attractive man. <clears throat> that's from is that from the seventies? No, this is the eighties. Yeah, he played with them. Look at those eyebrows. That's yeah. why people just didn't care. They didn't. No, they didn't. They. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'll hear about Paul Molitor. All right. He is the current manager for the Minnesota Twins. Oh, I was kidding. <laughs> that's all I have. <laughs> oh, good. I thought you were going to more. But, yeah, he was a big hero in the Schmidt home. Him and Robin Yount back in the Milwaukee Brewers heyday. Who's Not so much anymore. Robin Yount? Robert Yount, number 19. Uh, Are you going to look that up? No, I know that. Oh. That's in there. That one's in there. Robin Yount uh, is... Robin? Robin, yeah. So a girl who played for the majors. Nope, he was a man with a mustache. <laughs> as, we all, <laughs> as we learned from episode two, you I like believe. I like that. I That's like them. Right. Uh, Robin Yount. Fun fact about Robin Yount. Um, his daughter was involved in the Mark Chimura scandal. Mark Chimura, the fuck is that? I'm throwing all kinds of Wisconsin sports facts at you. Mark Chimura is a former Green Bay Packer that was accused of rape. <gasps> um, and uh, that's horrible. When his, uh, in 2001 or two? Oh my god! And actually, my this is real. Like I'm really going down. That's when glitter came out. Glitter was actually yeah, glitter bombing. In fact. Well, uh, actually, don't use that phrasing because it came out the same month as September 11th, 2001, oh. which is why Mariah Carey thinks it didn't. Oh, well, Glitter the movie. With the, I thought you meant like, like Glitter, the like product? The, the product. Like no, the, the product has been around for a really long time. I was like, does she not know about Glitter? Um, <laughs> oh, my God. No, but uh, so. I had a childhood and I love drag. Okay, good. So I know I'm, what I'm sorry. Is. I'm very sorry. No, uh, Mark Tremura was accused of rape um, by his it's a long story, but the, what what you need to know is that 
he was a Green Bay Packer. Uh-huh. And my acting class in college was hired to do a mock trial by oh his attorney, who is Jerry Boyle, who was also the attorney for... What uh, are you doing? I feel Je- <laughs> Wait, Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, well, that was a... Okay, cool. I thought you were just spinning out of control. No, it <laughs> but that was there. a good... His wife was actually the president of my college, which is why he hired our class to do it. Sweet. You stuck the landing on that one big time. Ta-da! Right? You went from, like, baseball player no one gives a shit about to Jeffrey Dahmer. By the way. Who's dead and a ghost. Everybody gives a shit about Robin Yacht. But anyway, let's go on. Yeah. Yeah, you guys. It's episode four, (laughs) which is so exciting. And we are going big today with the Eastland disaster. This is... This is Chicago. This man. is. I like that you do all the Chicago. Ones. I have to. I'm really. I like oh, it. and speaking of Chicago, today's episode. Also, I had a friend of mine ask me about this, uh, who didn't realize that I was full tilt fucking around every single time I say we have a sponsor. <laughs> we, don't. we don't. We don't. If no, you want to. Yeah, sure. Like, contact us. Please. But no, we don't have sponsors. Uh, so every time I say that, that is a joke. Um, don't sue us. It doesn't have to be. I mean, it's. Clearly not a joke because it's not funny, but uh, we'll take it. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by Half Acre Beer, Chicago's very own. I'm drinking Vallejo. Vallejo. Yeah. Oh. You want to look at it so you can tag it? Aloha. <laughs> it's not that at all. I, no, don't, know I don't know what it is. Well, we'll just keep saying it. Vallejo. I mean, it, there are waves. Yeah. Crashing waves. It's beautiful. It's Aloha. beautiful. Aloha. And what are you doing? Uh, I'm doing a handsome devil. Oh, I see. You're, God, you're so thematic. I know. It's a Malbec from uh, Mendoza, which where many of the Malbecs hail from. Is that Argentina? Argentina, mm. correct. One um, time I saw uh, uh, a version of Evita. Mm. So it was like a different... like a, just... Was it the movie with Madonna? <laughs> God, no. That was amazing. I watched it like 85 times. Uh, I owned it on VHS. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, and then on DVD. And then... I know it so well, I don't have to watch it again. No, it was one that uh, came here to one of our oh. uh, Broadway Chicago theaters. Oh, how nice. It was nice, but the whole time it drove me crazy because the lead, uh, instead of saying, don't cry for me, Argentina, nope. always pronounced it Argentina. Nope. Which is okay. I mean, you know, that's really probably how you're supposed to say it. I guess. But, like, when she was singing, she's like, don't cry for me, Argentina. Just it doesn't fit. Out. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure she's a lovely woman. I'm sure she isn't. At least she wasn't Patty LaPone. Controversial. <gasps> I hate Patty LaPone. No, see. <sighs> okay, we have to talk about the East Lake. This is going to take forever. But we... you don't like her. Well, you can't just dig on Patty LaPone like that and then like <laughs> be like, oh, the Eastland disaster. Listen. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Patty I... LaPone is a fine actress. Her voice, her singing voice sometimes. Yeah, I don't care for it much. And I don't care for her. Well, okay. I don't know. I I don't care her for her. Uh, television acting. I'm like looking at you like Why are you I don't know because I want to see you. I want to like just hear what comes out of No just like her television acting is really broad and I know she's a stage actress but if Christian Chenoweth can, did I say Christian? (laughs) I meant to say Kristen. We know. Okay. If she can pull up like some two dimensional television acting I feel like Patty can wind it back just a little bit and relax. What did Patty do? She did Life Goes On which is a pretty heavy show. Boo. She also did uh American Horror Story season three, the one with the witches. She did. I didn't finish that because I got bored. I didn't either. All right. The <laughs> Eastland disaster. Yes. This episode brought to you by American Horror. 
horror story. Uh, so the Island disaster. Okay. <clears throat> so you guys, this happened on Saturday, July 24th, 1915. Uh, Western Electric's annual employee picnic. That's why they gathered. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the Island is the name of the ship. The ship that was hired to take the workers and their families from Lake Michigan to Michigan City, Indiana. Okay. Yep. Uh, before we get into, like, why this happened, we have to have a little context. Here's some context. In 1912, a ship you all know, the Titanic. You know the Titanic? I've heard of it, yes. Mm-hmm. You remember uh, Kate Winslet? Yes. Buxom heaving Kate mm-hmm. Winslet and her mm-hmm. uh, little love. I mean, he Zane. was tiny, little Leo. Billy Zane. Oh, oh, right. Oh, yeah, Billy and, Zane. And, and that guy, too. Yeah, Twin Peaks. Remember when he was <laughs> banging, uh, what's her face? The cherry... Oh, I forgot. Audrey Horn. Audrey Horn. I forgot Billy Zane was on Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you guys, in 1912, the Titanic uh, sank, right? So there was a federal act that required the retrofitting um, of boats. uh, So they would have a complete set of lifeboats on ships. Um, In theory, (laughs) uh, a good... Are you okay? Nope. Okay. (laughs) I went down the wrong tube. I'm okay. Uh, so in theory, good idea. Yeah. Uh, in practice, actually, an extremely bad idea for existing ships. They should have just like gotten rid of all the ships and made them this new way. Okay. Makes sense? Yep. Because here's what happened. Um, the Eastland was retrofitted, and the additional weight of the lifeboats made the Eastland top-heavy and likely to list. And this is going on Lake Michigan? Yeah, but right now it's in, the, in it's in the Chicago River. Okay. So we're going to get there in a second. Okay. But I feel like I need to tell the people what listing means, means in terms of... Uh, yeah, because I have no idea. Ship faring. Yes. In terms of seafaring. Okay. okay. So <clears throat> listing is basically the degree to which a vessel leans or tilts. I think it's like a portmanteau. Leans or tilts, lists. And I just watched Captain Phillips. I know I'm like two years The late. Somali pirate movie? I'm two years late. I just watched it with my dad, and that movie's intense. I haven't seen it. I said many times during that movie, I don't like this, because it, it's intense. Did that boat list? Uh, no, but I feel and like... are there ghosts? But I feel like after watching that movie, I know boat stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they say a lot of boat things, and okay, I feel like cool. I get it now. Well, here's a little vocab for you. <laughs> Great. Listing. I'm ready. Anyway, um, so the distribution of weight aboard, uh, often caused by uneven loading, um, causes a boat to heel to one side. Okay. All right. As long as we're all on the same page. So this brings us back to the Eastland. <laughs> we're all there. Okay. I just want to make sure. Yep. So we have basically a non-seaworthy boat. Got it. On our hands. Okay. This is going to come into play later because people kind of knew it was a non-seaworthy boat. Mm-hmm. Which is why it was such a disaster and a, and, and a catastrophe that in theory could have been prevented. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, on Saturday, July 24th, 1915, the Eastland was docked at the Clark Street Bridge. If you're from Chicago, I love you. If you're not, it doesn't matter. But you, anybody else who's from here can, can picture this. It's located, picture it in your mind. Yeah. Uh, it's located between Clark and LaSalle. Mm-hmm. Like Wacker Drive. Right? I know it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Clark yeah. Street Bridge. Right. Um, <clears throat> I want you to keep in mind, there's this, like, you can go online and see these pictures. It is unbelievable. There's a huge ship. Um, docked in this space. So keep this in mind. This is like a one block by one block scenario. And the water in this area only has a depth of 20 feet. I think, and, and I think the thing with um, ships like this too is 
we like if you you know you're you see the boats in the Chicago River and they're like water taxis yeah. or people's like schooners or I I don't know boat names honestly but like they're they're what, what happened to Captain Phillips? <laughs> Damn. I, th- I thought you could Well, I only know nautical terms. Oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> twenty knots northwest. Oh, uh, like I know that. Um, yeah. But so I think. I think a lot of times, like, we don't really gauge the size of these ships, like, like a cruise ship. No, like, we really really don't. have to look at the pictures. It's, yeah. it's almost impossible for us nowadays. I mean, this was, like, a shipping. It's like a city. Yeah, I mean, this, this, like uh, a, yeah. uh, the Chicago River was an inc- a, a incredibly important port for mm-hmm. Chicago at that time. In fact, we're going to talk about this building later, but Big Red, which actually has a name, we'll talk about that, that Big Red building with the clock on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, was originally built in 1914 uh, to basically be a warehouse for um, ships. Okay. Ships would come in and, and just put their stuff there so it could be sold on the market, right? So stuff would come oh, in through the okay. uh, St. Lawrence Seaway. It would go through the Great Lakes, and it would come right here to okay Chicago. That's fascinating. Right? Um, okay. So this is a really tight space. Guys, we talked about listing before, and we talked that the ship had way too much weight. Um, more than 2,500 passengers and crew members were on board. Um, because of the amount of people, this should come as no surprise, the ship listed. How big of a company outing is this? It's huge. There's actually two ships. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they, like, I'm lucky to get, like, 20 people to go to my company outings when I host them. Oh, my God. Well, we're... This feels so bad. We're a small crew. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I just felt so bad for you. No, we're a small group. <clears throat> okay. They well, love my company outings, by the way. Well, just don't take them on the boat. <laughs> Never. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Because this ship listed, and this is kind of like, if you've ever been in a fun house or you've, you've kind of felt the floor go out from underneath you, this is a pretty panicky moment, right? Okay. And so all the passengers went into a panic, and they rushed to the port side. They, they rushed to the other side to... Uh, uh, see if they could kind of stabilize the boat themselves. That was a problem. Yeah. They shouldn't have done that. Uh, in fact, later on when they did like court cases and stuff, they were like, what? you know, did someone scream? This was kind of like shouting fire at a theater. Like you're not supposed to be like, everybody go to the side. Um, they couldn't prove anything. But anyway, this rush to the port side caused the ship to roll on its side. And the boat, so it's on its side, mm-hmm. and it, I'm actually doing shit with my hands that, that is helping Noel understand, but I don't know if this is translating. You opened your hand like it's on its side. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but the boat rolled on its side and sank to the bottom of the river. Um, with everybody on board. Yes. And this is terrible, because hundreds of people were trapped inside by water and the sudden rollover. Now, remember, we're talking about a huge boat in a block-by-block like area. And this water is only 20 feet deep. And people, when they hear about the story, they think, Oh, 20 feet. Then everyone could swim to the top. No, it's actually worse because it's kind of like a plane crash landing Mm -hmm. because instead of like turning over, say, uh, and people being able to like get out, swim out, they actually, unfortunately, many of those people, uh, died on impact. Oh, right. So they, they were, um, Crushed instantly um, by impact or other heavy objects on the boat. Mm-hmm. So whatever, you know, was on the boat, like, whether it be, like, um, 
a lamp or a, a nautical thing, whatever it was. Like, right. shit flew off, because it went upside down, shit flew off the lawn and struck people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, most people did not die from drowning. They died from suffocation. Ugh, that's just... I mean, they're awful? both they're both awful. Okay. The death toll was catastrophic. 844 people lost their lives. 844 people in a matter of just, like, minutes. minutes. Now, here's a real burn on this one. 22 entire families perished. So, um, we're going to get to this in a second. But remember, this is the Western Electric's annual employee picnic. Um, And so, Noelle kind of gets mad at me because I like really depressing things. But here's the deal. So, this is a working class thing. Yeah. And so... A lot of these people were new to Chicago, new to America. Probably immigrants. Okay. Immigrants. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they went on this outing and took their wife and their kids right. and an entire family would die. This is going to come up later because when... And that's why I never take my family to my company outings. You just did. <laughs> <laughs> Full of lies. <laughs> But maybe a good strategy. I mean, you know. <laughs> but they left early and I stayed. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Sca- yeah. Staggering. We're like the president and vice president. Good. We never travel. We can't travel together. together. No. We mm-hmm. got to stagger. Yeah. Oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> um, sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, so yeah, 22 entire families. Oh, that's died. awful. Um, and here's a staggering thing to keep in mind too. Women and children outnumber the men in death four to one. Jeez. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, yikes! That is, that is pretty, uh, pretty severe. Okay, <clears throat> so here, here's something. Uh, as I said before, uh, many peop- many passengers on the Eastland were immigrants. They're mm-hmm. new to Chicago. In fact, um, most of them, many of them, were Czech immigrants uh, from Czechoslovakia. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, don't look at me like that. <laughs> Some people need help. And now it's the Czech Republic. It's not Czechoslovakia, say, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, 220 immigrants from Czechoslovakia, Paris. So that's a quarter. Of the people. Of the people, yes. Yeah. So yeah that you like that math I just threw at you? I'm surprised. You have not had a very good batting. Hey, batting average. Oh! Going back to the word, it all comes you back. You know what? We're really teaching each other. We're learning. <laughs> it's what this is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so th- I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, I want you to remember the time period, y'all, because it was 1915, um, if you know your history, that's okay. There won't be a pop quiz or anything. Um, you don't have to know history. Just enjoy it. What's the point? There's a lot of point to it. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't bully me. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> give me the nerd look again. Um, but the people of Chicago were outraged and they wanted accountability for the lost lives, right? This was the time of muckraking. This was mm-hmm. Upton Sinclair and Ida Tarbell and all those people. Right. Right. They were fucking like, this is not Okay. You, you can't do this to people. You can't have a boat that you know isn't seaworthy <clears throat> and take all these people on it, right? Right. Not cool. Right. Which is an understatement. I just don't have the proper vocabulary mm-hmm. to express. Oh, atrocity. Yes. Not cool. <laughs> Turn into atrocity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this, to me, doing my research, was one of the most interesting things I saw. And it's a little bit passionate. I'm going to get a little bit passionate. Are you ready for this? Bring it up. Bring it up. Okay. Okay. Cool. Carl Sandburg, who is the, the, okay, this is very Chicago. Mm -hmm. So stay with me, people. Explain who he is. So Carl Sandburg is Chicago's probably most famous poet. 
Um, there's an entire uh, uh, housing complex that goes on for like three blocks in Old Town dedicated to Mr. Carl Sandberg. Mm-hmm. And all those places have like author names. Mm-hmm. There's like the Louisa May Alcott, blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. Um, and he wrote a poem about it right after it happened. And um, he, he was very uh, socially conscious, right? Um, maybe the colloquialism for today would be he was woke as fuck. Um, and so he wrote this poem and he thought it was too intense to ever publish. Um, so the most interesting thing about this is that the poem was published, uh, after he died and, uh, it was published in 1993 and you guys, he actually died in 1967. So I'm just going to read this to you, um, that in the hatches to, to do ship talk because it really is intense. Um, here it goes. Let's be honest now for a couple of minutes, even though we're in Chicago. Since you asked me about it, I'll let you have it straight. My guts ain't ticklish about the Eastland. It was a hell of a job, of course, to dump 2,500 people in their clean picnic clothes, all ready for a whole lot of real fun, down into the dirty Chicago River without any warning. Women and kids, wet hair and scared faces. The coroner hauling truckloads of the dripping dead to the 2nd Regiment Armory where doctors waited with useless motors and the 800 motionless stiff lay ready for their relatives to pick them out of the floor and take them home and call up the undertaker. While I was staying, my guts ain't ticklish about it. I got imagination. I see a pile of 3,000 people killed by the con, tuberculosis, too much work and not enough fresh air and green groceries. A lot of cheap roughnecks and the women and children of WAPs and hardly any bankers and corporation lawyers or their kids die from the con 3,000, die from the con. 3000 a year in Chicago and 150000 a year in the United States, all from the con, from not enough fresh air and green groceries. If you want to see excitement, more noise and crying than you've ever heard in one of these big disasters the, new boys, the newsboys clean up on, go and stack in high piles all the babies that die in Christian Philadelphia, New York, Boston, and Chicago in one year before a said babies haven't had enough good milk. On top of the pile, put all those little early babies pulled from their mothers, willing to be torn with abortions rather than bring more children into the world. Jesus, that would make the front page for the Sunday papers, and you could write under it, Morning Glories. Born from the soil of love, yet now perished. Have you ever stood and watched the kids going to work uh, in the morning? White faces, skinny legs, and arms slouching, rubbing the sleep out of their eyes on the go to hold their jobs? Can you imagine a procession of all the whores of a big town marching and marching with painted faces and mocking struts? All the women who sleep in faded hotels and furnished rooms with any man coming along with a dollar or five dollars? Or all the structural structural, structural iron workers, railroad men and factory hands in mass formation with stubs of arms and stumps of legs, bodies broken and hacked, while bosses yelled, speed, no slack, go for it. or or two by two, all the girls and women who go to the hind doors of restaurants and through the alleys and on the market street, digging into their garbage barrels to get scraps of stuff to eat. By the living Christ, these would make disaster pictures to paste on the front pages of newspapers. Yes, the Eastland was a dirty, bloody job. I see dozens of Eastlands every morning on on my way to work and a dozen more going home at night. And that's what he wrote. Can you imagine? He's so literal. He wrote that right after the disaster. But it's... And, I mean, he was right. Like, even saying that shit now, like, people wouldn't publish that. Well, 
I don't know. We're talking about 1915. The man died in 1967. They published that in 1993. I think now it's a lot easier to publish stuff like that. That's true. We are seeing a lot of this right now because of uh, the the human rights issues that we're Mm -hmm. currently dealing with. So I think that this actually is very topical to the things that we're seeing nowadays with uh underprivileged people and i i don't want to get too political because that's not what we're about and no but i really I mean like, it is what we're about yeah but not on this podcast. i really want to say like like so many of these ghost things are so interesting to me from a socio uh historical uh standpoint because there really are so many like a disaster on this level can only mm-hmm. happen to people who are underserved absolutely so it's kind of like with the triangle garment factory fire like all those immigrant women who Mm -hmm. died because they worked in a sweatshop Mm -hmm. it just takes something like this to be able to be like and then to not take the time to recognize that one flame will just totally take this entire place up yeah and like and and it's such a it's (laughs) such a careless way to look at life too and like such a disrespect to these people who are working for you trying and providing so hard, you the yep. service and trying so hard to make a good life for themselves and their families. And it's, uh, to think that like they threw this boat together basically. And they're like mm-hmm. good enough for these people mm-hmm. is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I actually like, I, I didn't know all of this. I knew that like the boat capsized and like, but I had no idea that. It yeah, was I mean this that's level. one of the reasons why it was such a big, um, dare I use the word, clusterfuck. It was such a clusterfuck because that's why when I said twenty-two whole families perished, there was no one to claim them. Right. They sat in those morgues. God, I'm being so serious right now. This is so morbid. But anyway, um, there's so much going on right now, and, and the Eastland disaster just kind of it. It resonates with a lot yeah, of what it's we're seeing right Yeah, now. it's 101 years old, mm-hmm. and the more things change, mm-hmm. the more they stay the same. I it's mean, this true. could be, this is, I don't know. Uh, it's very sad, and let's get to the ghost stuff. Let's get to the ghosts. <laughs> where we can, like, where we no, can. No, but it's, 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 it definitely resonates right now with what we're going through. Some of the things that we're going through, and yeah. like I said, um, we could start- No one let me take a departure on this show and, like... Do yeah. go full tilt, Carl Sandberg. So I, like I love you. Thank I you for love doing that. I love that, and I love that you read that. And I, I know, and you know, the thing is, like, I I am a really frivolous person. And of course, like, I I, I just want to have fun. But when you read when you research something like this, you just have to be like, fuck. Yeah, you know, right for sure. And I I would love to really <laughs> dive into this and talk about the parallels mm-hmm. to today. Um, because you and I could go down that rabbit hole and we could go there for hours. Yeah, 100%. We won't do it because it's, I mean, honestly, once we start talking about, like, once you start talking about, it's, here's, here's interesting to me. You can talk about history and every single person in the room will be like, oh my God. Right. That is awful. But suddenly you talk about the same thing or the modern equivalent and people don't see that it's awful and people see that it's combative. Mm-hmm. It truly just takes some time and stepping away and seeing things for as they really are. Because I think we're we're so desensitized to the things that are happening around us in the present. Well, so yeah, and we, people try to convince us like, oh, these people, like wh- whoever it is, mm-hmm. uh, people are whining, or um, you know, we don't want to lose money on these people. But I mean, here right. we have here we have a poem from this long ago. 
talking about people with stubs of arms and stumps of legs. Right. Broken bodies and bosses yelling, get back mm-hmm. to work. It's not too... It's not too far off. It's not too far off. And um, we'll discuss this in our other podcast, High Spirits After Dark. Um, <laughs> which, but, which doesn't exist yet. You made it sound really sexy, but I guess that's going to be our lit episode. Like, where we're, we're like totally woke. We have no words. Yeah, we're just like slurring. But get on with the ghosts. Yeah, let's go to the ghosts. I'm, you know, whatever. Sorry, guys. Because I know this is the part that I know most of. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, uh, just so you guys know, because of the sprawling nature, <laughs> I love that you can hear. Yeah, I know. I love when we were doing the podcast originally. We we honestly have no idea how to work the camera or do any of this bullshit at all. So we when we listen to the podcast for the first time, it's what you guys got. And also, and then we're like hearing like like cans open and wine being poured and like people fucking it's happening yeah every sort of stupid thing that we were doing there was one point where you could hear um andrew yeah uh in the kitchen in the kitchen getting like ice from the ice (laughs) i heard that i was like what is happening i was like oh he's making a drink yeah (laughs) i knew it i know that sound you know that sound so you know uh that's the thing about ghosts right like if you know a sound and you're familiar with it (laughs) You can, right. like, explain it away. That's Andrew. To me, like, I'm on pins and needles because I'm hearing about, right. we're talking about ghosts. So I hear these noises and I'm like, oh, yeah. It's like when I'm at my parents' house and oh. I hear, like, foot, like the the room above me is, like, creaking and I think it's, like, footsteps. And my dad's like, no, it's just the house settling. Well. Because <laughs> it's still settling. It is. Yeah. What? It, how old is it? 148. Uh, 1848. Do the math. I can't. I don't. I'm not Over 150. So it's still settling. Still settling. Or does it settle more? Still figuring it out. It could be settling more. I mean, I don't know how settling works, to be honest with you. I don't know. Uh, I was a liberal arts major. (laughs) (laughs) So honestly, if you ask me anything that's not like poetry or... If you know anything about house engineering and house settling, you can contact us at... What is it? Uh, nowhere at nothing. Dot com. Dot net. Dot edu. Dot edu. Dot org. Dot org. That's okay. our website. Sorry. Thank you. Oh no, that's our um, that's our email address. <laughs> Thank you. That's all right. We're learning new words like website. <laughs> <laughs> We're new. All right. Uh, Please. Okay. Cool. So um, because of the uh, the amount of people who were mm-hmm. affected by this, um, they actually had uh, various temporary morgues set up in the city. Ugh. They had um, three big ones, um, the Reed Murdoch building. Uh, they also had a floating morgue, which I'd never heard of. Is that like a pop-up restaurant? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. But no, it's like, means. it's a flotilla. Oh. Yeah, under the, no. Yeah, under the Wells Street Bridge. What? We're, we'll get to it. And then oh, um, the third God big one, the, probably the most famous, is the second regiment armory which you heard about in that poem mm-hmm. there's no way that carl sandberg could know how famous that building would become we'll talk about <sighs> it in just a little bit uh but let's talk about the reed murdoch building first that's that big red building with the clock on it right you i know, know exactly what it is. i know it um i already said this but in 1914 it was built to be uh, a warehouse mm-hmm. um now it's home to offices retailers Here's, here's the weirdest thing. If you are in Chicago or you know anything about our city, we don't have a tendency to remember things well. And I've actually been to the River Rose and didn't think twice about it. You sit outside. Mm-hmm. It's on the river. You yep. sit outside. 
have a fucking great meal, go to their River Roast. This show is sponsored by River Roast. High spirits. Delicious. Delicious. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, so like every, every single like evening, their patio is packed full of people eating a delicious meal right where the Eastland disaster took place. Yeah. And here's the thing that oh they advertise, God. which is the most fucked up thing. Yes. After you eat your dinner, you can take a lovely taxi ride. Like a water taxi Water ride. taxi. Yeah, water taxi ride from their dock. You guys. Nope. That dock is, it, I don't mean to laugh, but I mean, like, it's exactly. That's the one. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we have to move on. So, like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, like. We can't. But that's nuts. Yeah. I have to tell you something, too. Uh, this is really, really, really dumb. But um, I did a, uh, a around Halloween. Mm-hmm. So it was very cold. And also, you know, spooky and stupid. Mm-hmm. I did a um, Chicago River kayaking trip. A ghost tour. Uh, can I just say this about Jay? The amount of fucking effort I put into this hobby is fucking crazy. <laughs> Jay is an incredible kayaker. Oh, uh, yeah, I am. I'm sorry. I, I thought you were going to go someplace different. No, she's very good. Um, I am not. I'm terrible at mm-hmm. it. Uh, and I've, like, she just, like, zips around, boop, mm-hmm. boop, 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 does, like, all of her things, like, has, like, great control. You, like, actually, like, taught people to yeah, kayak. Yeah, I did. Kayaking and canoeing. Um, for two summers. That's... Awesome. That was my job. That was your job. Which and is so amazing. You're very, very good at it. Thank you. Um, I'm not, because mm-hmm. as we've discussed before, I'm not so coordinated. Um, I think, well, you would have been fine if you had gone solo. True. The Noelle time, and her husband went together, and that's a big mistake, because... We almost they, murdered each other. It was before we yeah. were even married. Yeah. They tell people, like, for some reason at this place, and they told her no, because we had another beginner with us, and... They were like, oh, if you're a beginner, you should share a kayak. And I was right. like, absolutely not. That is that. I mean, I used to teach it. I was like, that right. is the worst advice because here's the thing. You have to coordinate with someone. I also wore like leather boots and <laughs> <laughs> I did not go prepared for kayaking. No, like I was. I made you do it. Ill prepared. And um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah. a good experience. Oh my God. You were so, you um, had the worst time of your life. I had the best time of my life. I had a pretty terrible time until I saw the dragonfly threesome <laughs> and then suddenly like I was magically better because right. I was like this is what I mean, is nature these... is pretty amazing nature is happening in front of me there were so many dragonflies there were so many we were they were all having crazy amounts of sex <laughs> they were we were and all... not like heteronormative no monogamous full-on dragonfly sex <laughs> just going everywhere just having it um, Which was crazy because we were in Texas. We were in Austin. I thought those yeah. dragonflies would be super conservative, but then I remembered Austin's liberal. We're in Austin, right? so it's totally different. Yeah, those dragonflies probably moved from like the hinterlands. Uh huh. They, they probably moved, moved from western West Texas, yeah, <laughs> to Austin. They did so they could have whatever kind of freaky so dragonfly yeah. sex they wanted. Um, because <laughs> that's what you have to do, right? Right. But uh, <laughs> anybody, like all the people from southern Oklahoma or the Panhandle. They were like, I gotta go to Austin. I'm not people. The dragonflies. The dragonflies. The dragonflies. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like most of most of Texas wants nothing to do with Austin. Um, you think so? I don't know. I really. I can't feel say. like they're becoming a purple state. They are. They we are, don't have to is, talk about ghosts, man. We are really getting political. We in this really one. are. But what you should know is that Jay, Jay's an excellent kayaker. Yeah, that's the takeaway. Yeah. 
Please continue. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so yeah, I just kind of want to talk to you a little bit about the floating morgue under the Well Street Bridge. It's crazy. Um, no ghost sightings, but here's the deal, and I think we talked about this at the end of episode two, mm-hmm. that maybe we only know about ghosts or... Oh, fuck. I was going to talk about my kayaking trip. Please. Okay, sorry, guys. Talk about it. <laughs> oh, I interrupted you. No, no, no. I'm, I'm a good sure. kayaker. Okay. No, you are. You're so we'll go so back okay. to this. But, um, yeah, so I uh, uh, took a kayak trip over the spot of the Eastland disaster. Mm. And I... Were you by yourself? No, I was with, like, a... Two- a tour. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, some slow-ass motherfucking kayakers from Iowa. Get a river. <laughs> They probably have one. Isn't they there an Iowa River? Definitely the Mississippi River. Oh, yeah, they do. It's on the border. They do. Whatever. <laughs> Iowa. Get it together. Seriously, Iowa. These three people represent your state. <laughs> it's so flat. They <laughs> just stare in their sports clothing. They have a lot of colleges and a lot of sports. Though. Whatever they were doing, they, spent- were, they were head to toe. <laughs> In sports clothing. Well, there's not... Listen, I spent my first two years of college in Iowa, and uh, there's not much to do there. Like, you only have to be 19 to get into the bars because there's nothing to do. Sure. You still have to be 21 to drink, but they're like, you can get in here. Yeah, like, they they even worry about it. Right, and then once you're in, it's like... That's how champagne is. Game on. That's Illinois, if you... Right. Oh, anyway, so I was Please. in a, I was in a yes. kayak over the Eastland disaster, and I was just like, you know, like I don't remember which Harry Potter it was, but all the like hands come up from the river. Oh, it's the uh, fourth one, I believe. No, no, it's the fifth one when they have the the when he's like puts the things in to swim underwater. <laughs> you sound like Bill Cosby. <laughs> I know. Harry Potter puts the things with the things, the Jello pops. Our Bill um, Cosby's bad. I know. We're terrible at it. We shouldn't talk about him. Um, <laughs> he's blind now. Wow. Uh, no, I think it's the fifth one where they it's the Champions Cup. That's not the name of it. <laughs> it's not the name of it. The Goblet no, of Fire. No, I think it's later. The Goblet of Fire. I think it's later. But anyway, um, so anyway, all I remember is... You know like, how to correct us, everybody. Yeah. Email us. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... I just was, I was going over the Eastland disaster in a fucking kayak. And if you've been kayaking, you just know, like, you're just there with the water. Very, very involved. And I just felt so gross. Yeah. Right? I, like I just it. felt like these hands were going to come up, like that Harry Potter scene, Ooh. and just, like, reach out and touch me. Um, I feel that, that when I'm sleeping at night. Like, somebody's going to come <laughs> from underneath my bed and grab me. You sort of like, take, I always have to take the melodrama out of my kayaking with the Eason <laughs> story. I always have to sleep covered up because I'm so, like, paranoid about oh that. Oh, my God, it's so cute. Since childhood. That is adorable. Oh, well, it's not fun for sleeping. No. But go please. I did not know that about you. You're so goth. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. That's very vulnerable. Thank you for sharing it on the podcast. Yeah. With all these people. I don't. Do Should we edit that out? Yeah, we're not going to edit it. We don't know it. how. <laughs> Nope. Someone don't listen well, to that. Well, now y'all know. Uh, <laughs> That's why I sweat so much when I sleep. Is that also true? No. <laughs> <laughs> you were so grossed up. I know. Now. I really just had a problem. Ew. I told you. No. I, I admit it. I'm going to be vulnerable here, too. You know how I have the, a little bit of the mental crazies. A little bit. I don't think I'm, like, full tail 
like OCD and I don't, uh-huh. you know, like, I know people who have it and I don't want to diminish it, but I'm very close. Right. I'm fucking borderline. So <laughs> anytime somebody like mentions anything gross, you can just see me just get like, check the fuck out. Yeah. You have no filter. No, I None. can't. No, no. no. All right, please. Yeah. You're kayaking. No, I'm finished with that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the floating morgue. Um, under the Well Street Bridge. And so what I was going to say is that I actually could not find any hauntings about this flotilla that had probably like a hundred corpses on it. They Did, they put a makeshift, they because the carnage was so bad, they put together like a makeshift floating morgue. And so there are no sightings and no reportings at the Well Street Bridge. That's fascinating. I mean, so here's what I'm thinking. Like we talked about this at the end of episode two is that people may encounter, whether it's a cold breeze or they feel like someone's walking into them or they hear a scream uh-huh. or whatever it is. And because they don't have context and because they don't know the story, they either, one, play it off like it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Because if it's unexplainable, it's inexplicable, and every normal human being just gets rid of it. Mm-hmm. Right? We just filter it out. Right. Or one presumes it's their own thing. Yeah. No one, I'm sure, I don't know. I mean, I ask you, I mean, I'm probably going to do it just because I'm a fucking weirdo. <laughs> but I ask you, go to the Well Street Bridge, stand under it. I mean, you can't because there's a river there, but you can go on the river walk and see. I'm. D- we're doing it. Yeah. We have to. But, so was it like, when you say flotilla, it was like a floating dock. Basically that they like laid out the bodies. Yeah, on. they actually put, yeah, they put. Uh, um, like it was weighted down, anchored down. Yep. Okay. They just didn't have enough room. Okay, got it. So they took they they, they had uh, for that red red building that we we're talking about was um uh kind of like a hospital situation. But it and then they had the floating morgue and then we had the big one that everyone knows about. But it almost makes sense to me that those spirits would not necessarily have been where their bodies were. Like once they pass, like maybe that's where they are. Like oh, they went. They went to, like, wherever, like, the closest, like, in that Clark and, is it Clark and Wells? Is that it? Uh, no. Well, it's Clark the Wells Street Sal- Bridge. But so like, it's Clark uh, and LaSalle, which is where the, the boat tipped over, right? Between Clark and LaSalle. Okay. Sorry. That's no, right. it's okay. They run parallel. Um, that's right. Uh, but, um, so, so it makes more sense to me that maybe they'd be more in that area than... In the oh, so like street. like they because they they died they there died there yeah so they maybe well here's the thing though we're gonna talk about a very famous Chicago place that's haunted so excited to right I'm really excited and to you know what it is I do but it only has to do with dead people uh huh so they I mean like I don't mind your theory I kind of like it I like the out of out of the box thinking but they're right, the entire because... premise of this haunting is that they this was a morgue okay they were dead when they got there that's right because. Then that doesn't make sense. But, okay. Yeah, no, should... I mean, I, but uh, oh, I just kind of yelled. I remember listening to another episode when I do that weird fucking thing with my voice, like, ah, that it sounds awful. That's okay. We're just learning as we go, guys. We are. We are not Yeah. Bear with us. But um, but I, I really like the idea of, like, what you're saying is, like, maybe, like, they get, like, this breeze that, come, like, rushes through right. them. Or, like, there's this weird feeling, and they just don't recognize it. Yeah, I mean, my, my, I think the most interesting thing, and this is why I'm so attracted to folklore and storytelling, and actually why I got interested in ghosts in the first place, mm-hmm. I, I, one of the uh, 
one of the things I love to do when I visit a city, like a major city, is go on their version of a ghost tour. Mm -hmm. Because you are going to get the most amazing underbelly stories Mm -hmm. that people don't want to share with you. Right. Right. But if like you're in Edinburgh and you don't know about Typhoid Mary or you don't know how they like, um, basically because of typhoid, they, they, uh, shut all the poor people Mm -hmm. of the city into that underground community. And they died tragically because the rest of the city didn't want to get sick, Mm -hmm. but you, all you'll, all people will be like, visit the castle. You know, that's not Irish at all. <laughs> Actually, that's Scotland. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you go to a major place. Um, right. And say it's Portland. Right. Right? And they want to tell you all this really great that's stuff. actually how they sound in Portland. Visit the castle. <laughs> it's how they sound in Portland. They're trying so hard. God oh, bless them. You're loved, Portland. Yeah, we love you. You are really trying so hard so hard i mean i you don't have to just dial it fucking yeah back. we all think you're cool no 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 well i just recently went there i thought it was fine yeah but i've never, I I've never was, actually been i, I thought it was just fine because most people were like you're gonna love it you're gonna love it and so i went and i was like yeah i don't know yeah i know somebody who's leaving right now who's leaving really, there yeah and he's like we're done with portland yeah why they're just done well and they're they're moving back closer to home oh to be my family oh okay so but they're like we thought we'd like it more we don't. right yeah we no don't. It's, it's basically uh it's just it's indianapolis on the west coast i'm very Ooh. sorry that we just did that to both indianapolis and to portland <laughs> uh, okay. but i'm not because uh, i've never been to portland so i can't really yeah judge. it's beautiful it's the jewel of the northwest um I have been to Indianapolis several times, and I have thoughts. But I love Harry and Aziz. You love what? Harry and Aziz. Vanilla Cokes. Harry and Aziz? Harry and Aziz is a steak place. Oh. It's, like, the cheaper version of St. Elmo's, which is, like, the fancy steak place in in Indianapolis. You are really going deep. If we have any listeners from Indianapolis, no one likes your food. I like your food. Only those places. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, uh, so we're gonna go, we're gonna go back to the East of the Disaster because you guys, this is the one you all know about. Yeah, yeah, the Second Regiment Armory, Woo! which of course is code in Chicago for Harpo Studios. Ta-da! Which of course is code for that's where Oprah Winfrey did her show. I have some really sad news. What Harpo Studios demolished? Yeah, why is that sad? It's down because. Oh, all these ghosts don't have a place to live. Where do now. they live now? Yeah, my office is like right across the street, very close. So or I'm a little nervous. It's that like the ghosts two are gonna away. walk. Do you think they're gonna come over? They're to just your gonna place? hang out. You guys are welcome to hang out with us. The ghosts? Yeah, we have a massage chair. And when you say us, you mean your my coworkers? Yeah, not me. No, no, I don't want to hang out with you. I kayaked over you. <laughs> you did. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. You did. What a what a terrible. I mean. Harbor Studios. Harbor Studios. So, um, also, did you know Oprah Winfrey, her show is no longer on? (laughs) (laughs) What? I know. What? When did that happen? I don't know. What is she doing with herself? God. She she must be so bored. No, she and Gail have all those dogs. Oh, they're cute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And by Gail, you mean Sedman, her fiance. Yes, I mean her. I mean, 30 years. 
Her th- fiance of 30 years, Stedman. Well, I don't know how long. And not her best friend that she has to call every night before she goes to sleep. This is a totally normal behavior. Although I imagine if you and I were separated, like, I'd probably want to talk to you. I feel like we would probably have to talk that much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. They're not as weird as we thought. <laughs> celebrities, they're just like us. The celebrities are just like us. They feel things. They have relationships. Whatever. Um, all right. So in Harpo Studios, um, lot, uh, lots, when I say lots, I don't know if it's lots. Here's this deal about, like, having worked for Oprah. These people, not me. I realize I said it like I did it. Um, I they, was excited. I was like, when no, did this happen? I, no, it didn't happen. They signed a hella NDA, non-disclosure agreement. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so they really can't, so they can't, like, full tilt talk about what's happening there. I do know some people who used to work there, and they, like, told me stories. And so. Really? Yeah. And actually, okay. most of them non-ghost related. Like, just about Oprah just being about, awful? Well, I don't want to put it that way. By the way, for the record, Oprah is not awful. No, she can't be. She gives people cars. Yeah. Well, listen to, I mean, I here here's the thing. I hate that people, um, when people are in the public eye, this is just a general per, like public service announcement. Leave them alone. Like, she does not have to be nice to you, hang out with you, talk to you, or fucking listen to your problems and yeah. give you the secret and help you. So I know so many times people are like, oh, I ran into Oprah and she didn't fucking, right. like, one of what? My, what one is of, she supposed to do with you? One of my favorite things I ever heard um, was Bruce Campbell on the Nerdist podcast talking about... That's the guy from the... Evil Dead? From the Evil Dead movies. <laughs> I just want to make sure they know. I'm going to be like, I'm an everybody, asshole. Everybody knows who Bruce Campbell is. Okay. Most cool people know who Bruce Campbell is. Oh, well. Uh, he's, you know what that thing about Oprah and Gail that I said maybe about you and me? Right. I'm taking that back. <laughs> um, I don't have to talk to you ever. No, but uh, I, lo- I love him and I think he's great. And one of, one of the best things I heard him say was um, he was talking about... Pete meeting this woman came up to him for an autograph session and she was like, she clearly like done this multiple times with him. And she was like, did you get, did you get the gift? And he was like, yeah, sure. And she was like, and did it fit or something like that? And he was kind of like playing along like, yeah, great. And then she started like recalling other times that they had met at like cons and it became clear to her that he did not remember her at all. Yeah. And, um, she kind of stormed off and he was like, eh, like he, he's like, I kind of felt bad, but then he was like, but then, you know, you get the other side of it where he's like, I got an email from a guy who was like, Hey, I met you at the airport a couple of weeks ago with my wife and you were kind of a dick to me. And that was actually pretty cool because you were a real person. And like, it was okay that you didn't have time for us because you needed to catch your flight and like, you don't need to. Yeah. I think the expectations yeah. of some people are absolutely absurd. Right. Like this guy was like, it's not your job to meet me. And he, and I loved that. I, I was like, yeah, I couldn't agree more. That guy is, it, it wasn't like it, like Bruce Campbell was telling the story, but it was more like this dude like gets it. And just because like you're in the public eye doesn't mean that you need to stop everything you're doing at all times for everybody. Right. Like I had people be like, uh, uh, people who would run into Oprah here in Chicago. Yeah. Just making sure you remember where we are. <laughs> run into Oprah and be like, she's like, what do they say? Like she's standoffish. Well, she, dude, if I ran, I'm telling you this, if I ran into you in Chicago out of context and I did not know who you were, 
And you were just like, you want to hang and talk for 15 minutes? I'd right. probably say no. It would make me feel really weird. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if you're Oprah, sure. you're a busy person. Yeah, I'd like to think you're I running am a Oprah. magazine, a network, a show. Yeah, people like, forget like, about the magazine. She's on every <laughs> cover. She's on every cover. That's a photo shoot. Why is she on every cover? I feel like that's so self-indulgent. And no, kind of, I feel like it's oh, a... Oh, bugs me. But no, I don't think so. Because you know? she has her brand. Martha Stewart's on every I one know, of her I know, and I don't like that either. Oh, well, as long as you're an equal opportunity. No. I don't okay. like it. If I had Noelle the magazine... <laughs> that's really aspirational. <laughs> I would absolutely not be... I would never be on a cover. Can I tell you? Yeah. As Jay Stagman right now, I'm going to give you some financial advice. Don't I get into publishing. I need all. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like you, I just feel like print right now. If, it's it, going to make a comeback. No, it's coming back. No. I mean, honestly, I feel so badly for everybody in print. Oh, I know. Get out. Get out. Oh, I mean, my God. Get out. When are we going to talk about Amityville? We're going to talk soon. I'm just kidding. About uh, it. Please. Okay. So guys, I mean, not, not that big of a deal, but. Remember, if you're working late at Harbo Studios and whatever, it's going to be freaky if you just hear um, sounds of screaming. That's always going to be scary. Screaming and crying. They hear a lot of screaming and crying. Yeah. And then what I actually think. That's really sad. It's super sad. And what would probably bother me more is that there are uh, lots of reports of children playing. Yeah. Remember all those kids that I talked about who died? Yeah. Lots of kids died. And Are they, they playing with each other? Yeah. That's nice. Apparently there's a lot of like uh, happy sort of like happy footsteps. Oh. And like. Um, That's kind of nice. It is, but you know what? I mean, if, if, if we want to believe that those child ghosts, uh, and I know Harper Studios isn't there anymore, but like if we were to believe that they are there in the afterlife, it's nice that they're just playing. Right. They're kids. Right. So they're, uh, I mean, maybe they're screaming and crying as well, but like, yep, they're playing. Cool. Uh, also, uh, people report a lady in a long gray dress. Mm-hmm. A lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. Okay. A full body apparition. But yeah. she doesn't do anything. Do. I mean, I don't know that. She probably does a lot when no one's looking. We just talked about Bruce Campbell. So. Who probably I... does a lot when we're not looking. <laughs> like, but again, but like in that context, it's like, what is the, like, the gray lady supposed to fucking perform because we ask her to? Yeah, dance, gray lady, dance. <laughs> yeah, we're telling, like, Oprah can go ahead and be chill, <laughs> but the gray lady can't. Right. She's just hanging out. Maybe yeah. she likes the show. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe she's really into, like. Maybe she's not, like, gone to heaven because the show's over. She wants to hear, the like, Oprah. the Oprah. And, like, I don't blame her. Here, she was, like, maybe she got turned off when Tom Cruise jumped on the couch. And then she was like, I'm out. <laughs> this guy, his laws is mine. That's a really long time ago. That was 11 years ago. <laughs> that was so long that ago. That was, like, the only Oprah reference that I have. Oh, I see. I was like, what Oprah do I know? That's a good Oprah to know. I feel like that's, like, the most popular. Well, I, uh, there was one from, um. I think 1992 when she had Dolly Parton on when I had my wisdom teeth out. <laughs> they talked about straight talk. <gasps> so, good. <laughs> so good. Also takes place in Chicago. Yeah. You guys, I had my wisdom teeth out <laughs> and good news for me. Um, not that they were all four bony impacted. No, that wasn't good news. That was shit news. But the day that I was out of school, fucking Dolly motherfucking Parton was on Oprah. <laughs> 
talking about straight talk. Success. Success. Okay. <laughs> so now, did guests, were guests also required to uh, sign, like, a non-disclosure? Or... Probably not. In fact, that weirdo story about Barbara Streisand is that she made Oprah paint her entire dressing room white. And her microphone stands white. Barbara. And Barbara Streisand got mad because when she touched the microphone, it was freshly painted. <laughs> oh, my God. That's yeah. amazing. And I love that story. I do, too. Um, so I want to get to something else. Okay, please. Mind. No, please. We can always go back and see if we can uh, talk about some more of these things. But we don't want to run over. We know we're, we know we're, we're doing close. long shows. We're close. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah. No, this please. was totally shocking to me. Okay. For, a, for the last 20 years, I think I have believed all of this to be true. So I, doing my research, I was very, 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 very surprised. You guys, and there's some of you listening that probably believe this, that the Excalibur nightclub, which is also no longer there, are you dancing? <laughs> I, like, was hoping you were going to bring up Excalibur. No, that? but here's the thing, because I was going to, because yep. I thought that was one of the most haunted uh, Eastland I disaster. No. 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 Not one, there was not a morgue, and not one body went there. But the little boy they nope. thought was from, and the sailors, and nope. they thought... And they have been featured on television, yes. and there's been episodes about that. That is actually a false conclusion, <gasps> which is weird. So where are they from? Because no one knows about the whole Wall Street flotilla of death. Yeah. And everyone thinks Excalibur. Well, I'll tell you this, because I was stunned. Uh, by the way, Excalibur used to be at Dearborn in Ontario, um, FYI. Um, I think now it's Visions, and prior to that, it was The Castle. Yes. I, I, all of these things are true. I frequent all of those places. Because <laughs> no one has to get her EDM on. i got to get my dance on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> there is a rationale why this place might be haunted. Okay. There's a, a really good rationale. Because there's, like, a little boy that they see all the time there. Could, yes, but it could not find information on him, mm-hmm. honestly. But see, going back to context, maybe they believe, you, do we see what we want to see? Do ghosts communicate with us the way we want to see them? Right. right. And so people identified for so long the Eastland disaster with this thing mm-hmm. that just, it didn't happen. Right. I mean, I listen, I was shocked. This blew my fucking mind earlier today. I always I have connected the always two connected, of them together. Always connected, always heard it, have yeah. watched right. all the things, have read all the things. Ursula Bielski, who I mentioned in episode two, yes. has a whole chapter about this. Mm-hmm. And it's not correct. Ursula. Well, she can't. You know, I nobody Jeez. can help it. Yeah. So this might be the reason for the Excalibur nightclub hauntings. Um, just so you guys know, it's actually a beautiful building. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too bad it's been a dance hall fucking douche it's menagerie. Not, it's not a dance hall. It's a dance club. Oh, club. It's a disco club. It's a club. Um, club. It was built in 1865 as the Chicago Historical Society, which you guys might know is now an old town. Yes. Yep. Uh, Chicago Historical Society in 1865. Uh, you guys never say things like this. Mm. <laughs> no, I'll just bump into all of our recording equipment. It's cool. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Like maybe that sounds like nothing, or it's just huge, and people's ears just hurt them for <laughs> <Right>. weeks. Boom. <laughs> So, uh, this building, I mentioned the Titanic before, the unsinkable. So listen to the shit they said about this building when they built it in 1865. It was supposed to withstand fire. Nope. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, we'll get there in a second, but because it was supposed to. (laughs) And what year was it built? 1865? 1865. Just Uh, before. uh, Yeah, I know. 
because it was supposed to withstand fire, many wealthy Chicagoans actually kept some of their valuable shit there. Oh, no. The Historical Society oh, let them. Jesus. Um, you might be aware that there was a fire here. Just a small one. Just a fire. We have a sports team in a show called Chicago Fire. <laughs> <laughs> We're into it. We can't let it go. Anyway, so there was a fire here in 1871. And actually, uh, an old friend of mine used to say the funniest thing. You cannot fucking park in this city. Um, mostly because there's a fire hydrant. Everywhere. Everywhere. She's like, one fucking fire. And they made the parking situation impossible it's- for a century and a half. There is literally a fire hydrant everywhere on every freaking block in the city. Freaking, I'm censoring myself. Yeah, you sound like a mafioso. Yeah, I actually think freaking has a has a like a worse connotation. Oh, you do? Well, I don't know. All right, we got to keep going. Uh-huh. But every block in the city has a fire hydrant, everywhere. and that is not an exaggeration. No, it is out of hand. All right, guys. So <laughs> <laughs> this unburnable building uh, burned down in 1871. Uh, the caretaker of the building, who actually barely made it out uh, himself, he leapt from the second story window. This is all tr- the truth. Onto a mattress, because that was always the Schmidt family plan, was that you throw the mattress out and you fall it up. That is ridiculous. I hate all of you. We had a fire plan. I don't know. No, it was you don't ha- pick up a burning mattress. It's and- an, The mattress was never on fire. Well, if you have a in fire plan. in your home. In the plan. But if you have a fire in your home, the thing that's going to catch is your pajamas. Not if we're in the room in the... Doors closed. If the fire is outside of the room and it hasn't come into that room, can yet. I tell you? you? Yeah. Do you thought wrongfully that you would have a lot of control over that fire? <laughs> Listen, at least we had a plan. I've seen backdraft. <laughs> I'm just saying. At least we had a plan. A fire has a mind of its own. That's not a quote from backdraft. Um, so, long story <laughs> short, the caretaker actually um, saw three women running into the flames of this building so they could grab their things. Oh, my God. So they could grab their valuables. No. Yeah. And they perished. Died. Yeah. Yeah. These three. Uh, so actually. Your these, stuff's not worth it, everybody. These old-timey ghosts and some of the women uh-huh. that people actually claim to see might actually be these ghosts oh. that are the unsung ghosts of that particular tragedy that no one connects with the Excalibur because no one remembers that it was the Chicago Historical Society in 1865 that burned down. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? So everyone associates these ghosts with the Eastland, and it's, it doesn't take away from the fact that they might be there or trying to communicate. It's just that they have the wrong story. And this goes back again to the burning hands at Resurrection Cemetery, where it's like, these ghosts are not getting the due credit they deserve. <laughs> That's right. That's right. These ghosts are trying really hard to get our attention, and we think they're someone else. Notice me. I'm dead, too. Ladies and gentlemen, we had such an amazing time talking to you on High Spirits. I loved it. I loved it, too. Hey, um, this was brought to you by um, Half Acre Brewery right here in Chicago. I'm drinking a Vallejo. Aloha. Aloha. And, Noelle, you're drinking something really thematic. Uh, handsome Devil. Handsome Devil. Mm, look at him. He's handsome. I had a devil. Don't mm. bury the lead. Devish, devilishly <laughs> handsome. Yeah, don't get involved. He's cute. But I he's... bet he has a mustache. And cloven <laughs> hooves. And an agenda that'll take you straight to hell. And probably a cape. Probably a cape. Yeah, I would hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how's he supposed to really haunt your mind? <laughs> now while doing the object work again. <gasps> All right. Uh, so, guys, join us next podcast when we um, uh, basically horse around, talk about ghostesses, and have a generally good time. Mm-hmm. Correct. Thanks for being our friends. And <laughs> sweet dreams. Ha, ha, ha.
Oh no. <laughs> that was every time.